Hello and welcome to Horror Court Trash Shovel, the show that discusses all the masterpieces and trash the pieces of genre cinema. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Okay, bitch, where do we start first? Uh... <laughs> so we're back to another... <laughs> of the infamous Gary, Zander and Max Pizza Night films. <laughs> yeah. I bet you really regret not knowing me when I was younger now. Um... <laughs> I don't know you now and that's bad enough for showing me this shit. <laughs> But this was shown to me. I mean, this is this is brought into my life. Um, I, so the the when I first watched this film, I was very drunk. Somehow, it made even less sense to me while sober. This is one of the. I just don't get it. I just don't understand what what's your intent. So, we are of course talking about at dawn they sleep, released in the year two thousand, uh, directed by Brian Paulin. Who also stars in the lead in uh, as the lead character Stephen in the film? Yeah, keeps he, the costs out. He has also made such classics as Dead Girl on Film, uh, Misty Monday, Erotic Raider, lovely, Fetus. Uh, oh, is that Fetus Blood Pigs or Fetus and Blood Pigs? Something along those lines. Anyway, it was made on a six thousand dollar budget. Yeah, which clearly went on the stop motion sequence towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> um. And there's... And paying women to get their bits out. Yeah, there's, there's not really any trivia other than the fact that the title was taken from the name of a Slayer song about vampires and there's a bit of rain and blood um, in the film and that's another Slayer song as well. Okay. Um, so we have uh, possums, we have um, face ejaculation, gratuitous nudity, rain and blood and that's all within the last five minutes. Yes. Um, so we had a comment on Facebook. I told the guy I'd read this out. Uh, his, his name is uh, Rick Myling, so shout out to him. Uh, he said the director is on Facebook. Uh, he's made many films since this, and he's uh, helped many low-budget filmmakers get off the ground and get their films made. Uh, Rick himself really enjoyed this film. He got it from Poundland, and uh, he, he did mention, which is a good point, it, it is on the Hardcore label. Um, which has now been discontinued, and that is home to other classics such as uh, Nutbag, Vampire Killer Barbies, the previous yeah. film of the podcast, uh, Hallinger, future film of the podcast, Nightmares Come at Night. Remind me, Hallinger, John Saxon. No, no, oh. that's how Master, but oh. also on the same label. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, uh, I obviously we really appreciate Rick's comment and I think it's fantastic that this guy's helping other low-budget filmmakers, you know, get their films made. And I always say this, you know, you always get half a star at least for at least making a film and going out there, taking the effort and creating something and releasing it. But honey, here at Horror Call Trash Over, if we don't like a film, we can't pretend we like it. So, uh... Okay, if you like <laughs> cheap gore and cheap nudity and not much else then you're in for a treat yeah we don't just enjoy cheap gore and cheap nudity yeah. I mean like, like I said fair play for going out there I can see the intent we can see the intents there but this is not a good film I mean it's it's so bad it's good but it's not a good film Um, so I have the DVD case here um, because there's some uh, quotes on here I'd like to read out to make up for the trivia time. Uh, a freight train of a film aimed straight between the eyes, said Rue Morgue magazine. An outrageous mix of extreme horror and over-the-top action, said Tom Savini, director of Night of the Living Dead 1990. Okay, if that's your only reference for Tom Savini, there's a problem. Tom Savini, the greatest horror makeup effects artist of all time, you know... And you're quoting him for Night of the Living Dead, 1990. Okay. Uh, it's a brutal, violent, action-packed horror epic featuring horrific special effects. A weird choice of words there. <laughs> and amazing stunt work. Stunt Would work. you call the stunt work in this film amazing? No, I don't think they've got a stunt coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> and on this DVD cover, we have a picture of one of the angels, who isn't even one of the main angels... Uh, we have uh, Ian doing his Jesus pose with fire on his hands. Ian shooting some guns and uh, a random character that gets killed at the start. It's very enticing. Um, 
And uh, I didn't even get a plot of IMDb. I was reading it straight from the case. So Stephen and Ian are ruthless drug lords in the middle of a vicious battle with their competition. After spending a wild night with two sexy yet strange and mysterious women, Stephen and Ian wake up feeling oddly sick. Their lives changed forever. They discover the women are actually angels who have infected them with a vampire-type virus. They're not quite vampires. Uh, in exchange for immortality, Stephen and Ian, along with an army of throat-tearing monsters, bullshit, must kill off the human race so the angels can take over the world, bullshit. As the vampires begin the gruesome and an unstoppable slaughter of mankind, the demon world rears its ugly head to end the angels' bid for earthly domination. A freeway war is on! <laughs> And no one may survive the bloody and horrifying carnage. That's all bullshit. That is a way more complex version of this already complex plot. Yeah. That, <laughs> you've been missing PPI there. That's not accurate. Yeah. And you'll you'll figure out why that's not accurate now when we go through the film. But that that's... <laughs> no. That's just not right. No. No. The armies... Is there an army in this film? There is no army in this film. Army in this film. Um, so, we'll get into it. Because there's absolutely might as well. fuck there's all no else to say. Yeah. Um, so, apparently it's brought to us by Morbid Visions Films. It, it was it was fucking Morbid, Morbid Visions. Morbid, yeah. Uh, and it looks like the start of A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5. We get some steamy body shots. Yeah. In blue lighting. In blue lighting. There's a lot of blue lighting in uh, parts of these this film. It it tends to be when they're objectifying a woman's body <laughs> yeah. or or objectifying women in general, then uh, the, it's in a blue light, isn't it? Yeah. So we start with close-ups of this, this woman's body. It's mainly like a belly button. It is, yeah. Uh, and then we get our main character, Stephen, played by director Brian Paulin, standing up, pulling his trousers up, and he pays the uh, his his female companion for sex. Yeah. So so we, the close up. I'm assuming. I don't think it's the same woman. If I'm being honest. No. The parts don't look the same. Uh, but we we're greeted by a naked lady in bed, and then, um, Stephen, who looks like a cross between Axel Rose. And meatloaf. Meatloaf. Bit of meatloaf in there. It is Axel Rose. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. I, the whole film, I thought he looks like someone. I kept thinking meatloaf. It is Axel no, Rose. It's Axel Rose, but crossed with Kevin's older brother in Home Alone. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so, whatever you imagine that would be. It's okay. literally Kevin's older brother in Home Alone, the one with the tarantula and the, uh, the, the, yeah. the, the girlfriend uh, in a. Ginger wig, long-haired ginger wig. What's really amusing about this is the fact this guy's the director, he's the writer, he's the producer, he's everything, right? And he's decided to put himself in these scenes where he gets to get off with these really big-breasted women. It's the exact same as Serial uh, saying Clown Killer, where the director has, like, he has women saying, oh, you're the sexiest guy I've ever seen. Like, okay, come on, Really? It's one of those where a group of friends got together and they said, we've got $6,000, let's make a film. What would we like to see in a film? And where we like boobs, yeah? And we like gore. We like metal. We like metal music. <laughs> let's put these three together and try and make something <laughs> with $6,000. And, you know, credit to them, they've made something. There's something here. Mm. What it is... I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it's it's a mess, but what they've made is a six thousand dollar mess. So props to them. I know. just want to applaud them for having the balls to release it. Like they oh. watched this back and they gave it to a distributor. And this distributor, I said, you know what? This is good enough for release. Let's uh, let's send this film out there to Poundland. <laughs> to Poundland. So um, Stephen hasn't seen this girl around, but apparently to her he will and her friends. He gets a call from Ian, and Ian tells him the deal's gone bad, man. And then uh, he tells his uh, lovely prostitute, I've got to go. Leave! Yes. <laughs> so he boots her out. Um, Stephen shoots someone with the biggest blood splatter. <laughs> like, yeah. You can tell they were giving a lot of blood, and they're like, oh, okay, well, how can we use this? Yeah, so he goes to meet his friend Ian, um, <laughs> and yeah, there's these two guys tied up. 
Steve just shoots one in the head. Yeah, the other one's like, wearing away. a uh, Buttweiser t-shirt. Buttweiser. And uh, Stephen's wondering what happened to his 20 kilos of cocaine. Yeah. Um, the guy, the Buttweiser guy thinks that maybe the scales are off. And that's why yeah. he's five kilos out. <laughs> Um, he's asked if he if he's working for Billy Ray Douglas. Do you know who Billy Ray is? Billy Ray's a shit, apparently. Billy Ray is a shit. He is a shit. <laughs> and he shouldn't be working for Billy Ray Douglas, no. trying to steal his five kilos of coke. Um, he asks Ian to shut him up, and how does Ian shut him up? Uh, he shoots him. Shoots him in the head. Another big blood splatter. Yeah. So they walk into the warehouse, which we'll get to see again later in this film. This is the most memorable thing about this film for me. This is all I can remember from when the first time I watched it. So they walked into this warehouse, and we have a big action movie shootout. We get people jumping everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's just like The Matrix. Um, they're shooting at Ian and Steven. They kill the guys. And then we get some Microsoft Movie Maker, Windows Movie Maker opening credits with some heavy metal music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Some real generic yeah. heavy metal music. Uh, Stephen is the then. Yeah, the credits are over a black and white still photography. Oh, yeah, of a graveyard. Of, like, a wooded area <laughs> and a graveyard <laughs> and close ups of gravestones. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. It's the sort of stuff you'd see like uh, a 12 year old goth girl take if she, uh, you know, was just entering a photo oh, photography course yeah. for school. Yeah. Um, it's where it, it looks like where all, all the uh, the local goths go and have their pictures taken um, <laughs> yeah. for photo shoots. Yeah. In front of like some Victorian gravestone. Yeah, it, it looks like the setting of Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Oh, God. Question, do you prefer this or Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2? Uh, I probably prefer this. <laughs> Book of Shadows had a, a lot going for it and failed. On every count. Yeah, they had a bigger budget. They got at no le- excuse. At least these guys sort of started from the ground up. You know, uh, Book of Shadows started at the top and just plummeted. <laughs> yeah, with a much bigger uh, budget and like a whole concept to go on that they just threw out the window. So after the amazing opening credits, uh, Stephen is backstage at a gig. And we know this because we see a close-up of a Marshall amp. Yeah, <laughs> um, the club owner, he's really pissed off because he has to keep putting on these dance nights uh, to make money. <laughs> but how does he greet Steve? He's like, hey, Steve, you evil fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like. We never see this bloke again, by the way. It's the only scene he's in. It's clearly a friend that wanted to be in the film. We were like, uh, I'll give you a scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. You own a club and there's some rock concert going on. And just just tell us what you think about music. Yeah, yeah? give us some commentary on the music scene. Yeah. So you get some really unneeded commentary on the music industry um, in which they use homophobic slurs to uh, describe Metallica being gay because they get haircuts, piercings and tattoos. Yeah. Um... He, he doesn't he doesn't like people who don't care about music. Yeah. And Stephen thinks he should rip people off to make more money instead of putting these dance should. nights on. Yeah. Well, he says that all the people that come to the dance nights, all they care about is shaking their asses. They yeah. don't care about the real music. They don't care about the real music. So, after quite a lengthy conversation <laughs> about the music scene and how Metallica looked like a bunch of homos... <laughs> Um, Steve, Steve, they talk about the cocaine, don't they? Yeah, and... and Steve admits that he killed the two guys. The club owner is absolutely fuming about this, that he killed these guys. He can't believe he did it. He cannot believe that the guy he referred to as an evil fuck (laughs) did something evil. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Essentially. Um... I mean, what is he on about him killing these guys? Is he on about the guys that were shooting at him as well? So is he pissed off that they killed guys that were trying to kill them? I don't know. I don't understand why he's so upset. He never really explains yeah. why he's upset. We don't really know his connection to him. Yeah. Um, were he, they regulars he, in his club? But he sort of justifies it. Well, you know, of course they're going to sell five kilos of your cocaine on the side. <laughs> What do you expect? Yeah. And then he, he storms out and says fuck a load of times. Yeah. Well, he says fuck a lot during yeah. that conversation. The, the conversation is completely pointless. goes absolutely nowhere. You will, you will never see this guy again. <laughs> um, just just to clarify, this film is an hour and 17 minutes. It long, is an hour and 17 minutes. And there's a lot of filler. A lot of filler. A lot of just 
things that don't need to be there and like repeated shots as well. Yeah, or like really lengthy shots that don't need to be lengthy. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, obviously we'll crack on. Uh, we'll, we'll get on with that. Well, after this, um, Ian is uh, hooking up with a girl. He, uh, he's he got Terry around his house. Terry the Vampire Angel. Yeah, Terry's got a nose ring and black lipstick. Of course. Uh, he offers us some food and drink, but apparently she doesn't eat and she doesn't drink. Oh. Um, meanwhile, I wasn't aware of this at the time, but in the same house or flat or whatever it is, Stephen is also pulled, um, somehow, and uh, it's Angelina, isn't it, his one? Angeline. Angeline. And uh, he says, uh, well, before this, Ian asks his girl if uh, if there's anything, is there anything that you do do? Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, she says, well, there's something I have in mind. Yeah, there's something she has in mind. And uh, Stephen has his girl back. She also doesn't do anything either, apart from take her top off. And uh, have magical clothes sex with uh, Stephen, who keeps all of his clothes on. <laughs> yeah, so she's topless on top of him. And it's very... Um, how do you describe the camera work? Like someone is really drunk and trying to work a camera and falling yeah, over. Yeah, but it, it's that very 80s... Um, well, erotic music video. Yeah, like, yeah. What kind? Of, what music video used it? I I do think it's um a Metallica song. <laughs> uh oh. What What's the Metallica song? Is Was it Enter Sandman? Or Enter Sandman. I think it's Enter Sandman. But I also think they did it in uh, Belinda Carlisle. Heaven is a place on earth, where where they get romantic and it's starts becoming <laughs> like a watercolor painting. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how I don't know how to describe it, but you you would recognize it. So this girl's on top, for, and they're just fumbling, aren't yeah. they? Really, he's fully clothed. She's got a top off. Well, but she's that... got her top off, but he she keeps grabbing his nipples <laughs> through his uh, like, over top of his top. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sexy at all. No, it is the least sexiest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Um, so. Stephen uh, and, and Ian are still getting it on, and then the girls bite both of them at the same time magically in different rooms. And the thing is as well, sorry to go back to it, you, you, I can imagine the conversation with these actresses. <laughs> so like, okay, we'll give you such and such amount if you take your top off. Terry doesn't take her top off, but Angeline does. Yeah. And then there's girls throughout that show all... Oh, they, they get everything out. They get everything out. So I can imagine these two guys who say, oh, we're making a film. We'll offer you $100. Come and sit on this couch. Yeah, if you take it all <laughs> off. Okay, you won't take it all off. We'll give you $50 for the tits. Okay, you ain't going to do the tits. I'll give you 20 quid. <laughs> like, oh, God. It's like... I can, I can imagine them filming this scene first because they're so excited... <laughs> and then they realise like wait hang on a minute aren't you the director yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah like, yeah yeah just go with it just go with it what are you going to take your clothes no 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 sorry just go with it <laughs> so they both get bitten and uh, the next day yeah like uh, Steve gets like proper bitten doesn't he like yeah. a big chunk of his neck comes off which you don't see from the, there's no scarring or anything well they there's have no... different after effects as well don't they because yeah. uh, Ian's throwing up it looks like real vomit yeah. There's a good chance it could have been. I am not a fan of vomiting in films. Like, actually seeing it. So he's thrown up, and uh, Stephen uh, has got a bit of a cough, and uh, he apologises for the smell. So he can't stop farting either. No, no, I think I think the idea is that because the cere- he's got cereal in his bowl, but then he's got cereal next to it. So I think the idea is that oh. he's bummed out his cereal. Oh, okay. All over the table. Because he says uh, um, he'll wipe it up later. Makes sense. So hopefully he wasn't on about stuff coming from his ass because that could be even worse. Um, so they don't remember anything about the night before. They think they were poisoned by the girls. And Stephen is got the after effects so bad that he, his head falls into a cereal. He does. <laughs> and Ian goes to check if they've stolen anything. Yeah, but they haven't. So he goes back to bed. Um, the next day, they're, they're, well, the same day, I assume, they're around their pool table. And uh, Stephen is fuming to find out that Ian is going to Florida when he has a shipment due. <laughs> he does. And nothing comes of this. No. We never hear about Florida again. 
No. It's just a completely pointless scene. Yeah. <laughs> just to make up time <laughs> without having to spend money on special effects. It's true. They, they just talk about it for about five minutes and that's it. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> Stephen's then chased by a car. That drives very easily through a house. Well, Steve, Steve goes for a walk, a very slow walk, <laughs> followed by a very slow car. And then Steve notices this car without looking back. You know how they do in films <laughs> where, you, you know, they can just sense that a car's following them and starts to run in the middle of the road. <laughs> and then the car obviously speeds up to catch up with him. And Steve runs into a house. Quite easily into yeah. a house. I uh, thought it was theirs. Because of how easily he ran in. I thought it was theirs. So then... Yeah, because he just opens the door he just and opens goes the door in. <laughs> and then the car runs into some... <laughs> runs over some uh, uh, some toy flamingos from the, the lawn. And then runs through a very fake looking wall. <laughs> so it's very... Like, they're inside. And Steve's ran across the room... And this car crashes in. But you can see that it was literally just one wall. There was no roof to this. <laughs> and it's like made of cardboard. It's just so... <laughs> yeah. It's, honestly, it's amazing. It's just so out of nowhere. <laughs> it, like you expect him to stop outside the house and run in. But no, you just go straight fucking yeah, through it. it. No effort whatsoever. <laughs> and then uh, a person gets out of the car and starts to shoot... Now, what's the name of the guy um, from the room? The, uh, <laughs> the drug dealer guy. Chris R. Chris R. <laughs> he looks like Chris R from the room. <laughs> the bald guy with like a beard and, and that. And he starts shooting at Steve. And Steve's shot in the chest. Yeah. Collapses. Um, and then he goes to finish the job, doesn't he? Gives yeah. him another shot in the chest. No, shoots him in the head. In the head? Yeah. Oh. But then in the next scene... You don't even see anything. Then the next scene, there's nothing there. Oh, I must have missed that. <laughs> but we go into the next scene with a really stylish transition. Uh, but no, you forgot to mention, Stephen throws a fucking TV at the guy. Does he? I missed <laughs> that. <laughs> he, oh, shit. Car goes through the house, and he grabs a TV and just fucking lobs it at him. <laughs> but, um, so we get a really fancy transition, i.e. it looks like dog shit. Um... <laughs> And uh, Ian runs into the house. He knows this has happened somehow. I know, apparently. Like, Stephen! <laughs> Quite Stephen! As well. <laughs> don't be dead! <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, Stephen, come on, don't be dead. Uh, he helps him up and he's like, come on, let's get out of here. These people are going to be really pissed. It <laughs> <laughs> can't be that pissed. They left their fucking front door I know. unlocked. Oh, how convenient that they weren't in. He just <laughs> the first house he gets to, he just opens the door and walks in. And they happen to the owners happen to not be there at the time. <laughs> so we get a scene that looks identical to Reservoir Dogs. Um, Ian's driving uh, Stephen away. He's bleeding in the back seat. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> um. Ian realises that he knows who it was. Was it Rob was his name? Mm-hmm. So he knows it was Rob and he's fuming because he saw him earlier that day. Yeah. So Rob is one of Billy Ray's men. Of course. That shit. And um, <laughs> Stephen says what we're all thinking. Um, you know, I should be dead right now. <laughs> yeah, so Ian tells him, well, shut up because you're not dead. <laughs> you're not so. Shut up about it. <laughs> And then they conveniently see Rob walking down the street. Yeah. Very pleased with himself. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just Rob's casually is. walking. He like, he hasn't got a care in the world. With a big grin on his face. Yeah. And I am being funny. This is like during the day. You've just <laughs> driven through someone's house. Uh, it's a suburban area, really. You know, someone's going to see it yeah. or notice. Why are you casually walking down the road? <laughs> Yeah, um, he's just left his car in the house. Yeah. Doesn't think about moving it out, you know. In the house. Yeah. I'm assuming it's a stolen car. Let's not think too much about this. Well, I want to see a follow-up film where the owners of that house go back and realise what's happened. (laughs) I hope it's a deleted scene somewhere. So, um, so Ian spots him and, uh... (laughs) 
Rob's walking by a car. Ian drives into the car and knocks him to the ground. Yeah. So they don't quite run him over. No. They just knock him over. They kind of run him over, but mostly just drive into another car. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They take him to the woods. Uh, Ian goes to shoot him, but he can't do it. He can't do it, man. So instead he gets... Even though he'd shot someone not too long ago. (laughs) He shot two people at the start of the film. But he can't shoot this guy who's just shot his friend. Um, so instead he gets an axe and swings it at his leg. <laughs> he does. He could do that though, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen stabs him in the head with uh, a push knife, clearly, one of those plastic push knives. Yeah, and the, the they beat him up beforehand, it's very yeah. Batman, isn't it? It very is. Very Adam West Batman. Um, <laughs> he licks the blood off the knife, and, uh, then Ian bashes Rob's head in with an axe. What's Rob's last words? Oh, <laughs> Fuck you, Ian. <laughs> no, it's one last thing. Go fuck yourself. Oh, that was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets the axe to the head. Yeah. Um, it kind of made a weird noise when he did it. I don't know how it sounds when you axe someone in the head. I wouldn't know. It sounded like an explosion. But um, anyway, so Ian... Uh, balloon. Ian's in the house and he says in the exact voice, in a few days, we're going to pay Billy Ray a visit. <laughs> <laughs> that's how he speaks throughout the entire film. He constantly sounds like he's dying to yawn he does, and he's yeah. really bored. Um, Steve only has chest pains. Yeah, yeah. He seems so, to have healed as well. So he's not bleeding anymore and he's only just got just a few chest pains. Yeah, I mean, well, he, his head healed in between scenes. Oh, God, yeah. So he goes to bed. Uh, then Ian goes out for a walk because in this film all they do is fucking go out for walks they do yeah like whenever they've got any spare time they just go out for a walk somewhere I can't imagine a big brass drug dealer walking everywhere <laughs> <laughs> so Ian um, begins to transform into a vampire in the moonlight yeah he does it in a really weird way where he's like cocooned yeah. So uh, and the same happens with Stephen in his bedroom. Um, Stephen has like goo coming from his face. Whereas um, Ian starts like spewing milk. Yeah. S- but from what we've seen at the end of the film, that might not be milk. It okay. might be semen. Ew. Um. We get flashes of two blue lit women with wings. Yeah, you get to see these exact scenes of these blue lit women a lot of times. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and they haven't got their boobs out at this point. Not at they? this point, no. no. But um, yeah, they, they turn into cocoons um, for some reason. Yeah. Um, full of cobwebs as well. Well, what we get is, for some reason, we get a transition to daytime where we see yeah. them in these cocoons. And then we get a transition to nighttime again, and it's stormy. And it's Halloween, is it? We keep it's getting, Halloween now, we yeah. Get, we get a lot of um, close-ups of lit jack-o'-lanterns as well, for some reason. And then this cocoon hatches, and it's a very wet Ian. And then Steve is in a very similar state, just outside his wardrobe. Yeah, it's made their clothes disappear. It has made um, their clothes disappear somehow. as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and apparently to, uh, apparently to Stephen, they can hear people dreaming. Yeah, which I didn't really get. They're now, both very grey, very yeah. pale looking now. Uh, and now, uh, the vampire angel, uh, Terry, she's in the house with them. And, uh, and they're having a long, deep conversation about humans being monkeys and not deserving the earth. Yeah, this is a very long, convoluted, uh, conversation. It starts with Steve saying to, uh, Terry, Angeline, angel, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) And then Ian's like, how can angels make vampires? And, uh, she's like, well, you're not really vampire or whatever. Yeah, we get a lot of exposition here. Yeah, so she explains that humans are walking monkeys. Angels aren't what religion tells us they are. Jesus was just a normal bloke. (laughs) And uh, the blood of a holy man tastes best for these vampires. Yeah. Um, So they're informed that they need to feed. Yeah, so they, they, they do this thing in... So... They're trying to say, well, do we 
are we allowed out during the day? And she says, no, but you'll be up all night feeding. So you'll sleep during the day. So the film is called At Dawn They Sleep. Yeah. That ain't fucking true. It ain't, and we never that see him. We never true. see him sleeping at dawn. We never see that. We never even see him sleep after <coughs> this point. But they don't sleep at dawn. They're out there in the daylight, willy nilly, aren't they? After this, a lot of scenes they, happen they are, during the yeah, day. There's a lot of scenes of them out during the day after they're, this. They don't sleep at dawn. They don't sleep at all. <laughs> but apparently, they need to go out now. And feed to celebrate their first night of immortality. Yeah, so they go to... Uh, they choose uh, a church. Uh, there's a priest in there. And he's counting money for a children's fund for the church. Uh, but he says the exact words... Nah, they don't need that much. He puts it in his pocket. <laughs> so we know he's a piece of shit. We're, we're being shown that he's a piece of he shit. He puts about a third of the money in his wallet, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, then he hears a tap on the window. Stephen jumps out and screams at him. Uh, and rips him open. Yeah. Ian attacks some other people in the church. <laughs> Just to clarify, he hears this tapping. He says, hello, can I help you? <laughs> and there's a very, very long silence. Yeah. Like, inc- it's a few minutes long, isn't it? Yeah. Where he's just sort of stood there staring. <laughs> <laughs> Space. There's also a bloke in there as well, sleeping on the couch. Yeah. Um, for some reason as well. I don't know who the fuck he is. Uh, so, yeah, so they, they kill all of them in church. Um, yeah, because then there's another, like, two blokes, isn't there? Yeah, I think one of them says, like, Dad! So I think that's the priest's son or something. It's difficult. A, a lot throughout this film, and uh, I'll bring it up later as well. But uh, the lighting in this film is terrible. Absolutely Yeah, awful. Could, couldn't see a thing. Um, half the time, you'll find that the the character in shot is half-lit. So there's one quite bright light from off, off obviously off-camera. But then the rest of the scene is, like, pitch black. So it's really difficult to tell who's who in, like, a scene like this. Um, so I don't know how many people they killed... Yeah, really. it, it was really sure. You just seen bits of bodies flying <laughs> places and yeah. lots of blood. But it's uh, intertwined with a very interesting scene uh, of a nun having really <laughs> graphic lesbian sex. Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced this was real. I, I don't think this was uh, staged. No. No, because she was proper going down. Um so, I mean, her face would have been very close to the other woman's fanny anyway. Well, yeah. So this is one of the scenes that I think they were like, okay, what do we want in this film? Before they'd written a script <laughs> or anything, what what do we want to see in this film? I want to see a woman go down on another woman and bite her vagina off. Okay. How are we going to incorporate this into the film? We're writing the script. Uh, let's make one of them a nun. Yeah? Yeah, because we just, we just had the priest be killed. So let's make one of them a nun. Okay. So let's make one of them a nun. The unfortunate part is the two women they got for this scene, they're rough. Let's be honest. I don't want to sound rude. Wow. And you had a go at me. <laughs> For talking about the guy in the Sharon Tate film being pale and skinny. But if we're talking about pay rates based on the nudity, I could seriously think that these two may have been actual prostitutes. Because <laughs> they were a bit ropey, weren't they? Oh my God, Chris. What? Jesus. It's not that rude. I'm just pointing it out. I'm sure they're lovely women, but, you know... <laughs> They were a little older as well, to be fair. I I I think that they just got a couple of prosies to do the scene. They, they probably did. Um, yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. So, one's going down on the other. And I, I'm convinced she was actually going down on her. Um, and, uh, and then she bites her, uh, her vagina off. Yeah, essentially. And she's got some, like... Um... Well, I mean, we're two gay men. We thought it was the clit coming out of her mouth, but it could have easily been something else. (laughs) Okay, you just called her an old (laughs) prostitute, and I'm not allowed to say that she bit someone's clit off, which she actually did. 
said clear on the podcast. Oh, we've said worse things. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's like some sort of meat coming from a, a mouth or something. Yeah. Just bit something off. Uh, yeah, but then that's it. We don't get any story behind what that was or why no, that was. But we see some churches burning down. And uh, we see Ian doing a uh, Jesus pose with some fire on his hands. Uh, it, ba- it basically looks like um, Lords of Chaos. So I think they were probably influenced by uh, that band that was based on. Maybe, actually. Um, some Norwegian death metal. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's, it's literally just there for the imagery. And the imagery's not even that shocking. It's like, great, okay, well done. You're, yeah, you're I'm not sure the what they're trying to say about religion. In, in the whole, like, angels not being the good people uh, that we think they are. Yeah. Jesus was just a bloke. Um, it, it's it's very, I don't know. It, I, I, it, I feel like they're just trying to be edgy. I honest. think so. It just felt like just trying to be edgy. I mean, you have a nun biting a clit off and then a church on fire straight mm. after. Yeah. What more do you need to say? So, uh, Ian and Stephen have a chat about feeling alive the next day. Uh, Stephen had a dream about children entering his flesh. So, yeah, like their Apparently. souls entering his, I don't know. Thanks, Freddy Krueger. Um... Ian loves the feeling of blood going down. Well, this is what's funny here. You get Stephen telling this deep, dark story about children entering his flesh. And Ian's like, oh, I love blood going down me. Yeah, and then he's like, I could feel that the priest, as he died, he realised that his whole life was a lie. Yeah. And that he's not going to heaven. One of of, uh, my victim's last breath was I should have gotten laid. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't, but okay. Uh, So they have a plan. And then we see some stoners talking about scumbags at a bar. Do you think it's the same bar from the start of the, from the gig venue? <laughs> Maybe. But it's, yeah. So it's, it's a really boring fucking story about a bar fight. It's time for some revenge. And Billy Ray and the lads, aren't they? They're sitting yeah. around. We get some close-ups of some dirty magazines and Fangoria. Yeah. Which kind of, you know, that, uh, that's sort of the image of the film, isn't it? <laughs> Dirty mags of Fangoria. That kind of... Yeah. And there's some metal playing as well, so it's perfect. Yeah. Perfect summary of the film. Exactly. Um, Chris broke five arms, apparently. Yeah. One of Billy Ray's boys. Yeah, another one of these really long conversations about nothing, just to to make up the time. So, yeah, some... um, Another another, uh, homophobic slur. Yeah, yeah, just thrown in. For no reason at all. Some kids talking crap. They had a fight. Chris broke five arms. They hung one of them from a tree. They said, oh, I bet he learnt some respect from that. And then they start talking about <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> and well, one of them needs a blank video tape because he needs to tape Battlestar Galactica. And then they're like, oh, is Battlestar Galactica on? <laughs> That's then, better than Star Trek. Better than Star Trek. So then they sort of... Decide that Battlestar Galactic is much better than Star Trek, <laughs> especially Deep Space Nine. Uh, and then one of them accidentally hits his left testicle with his bottle. Yeah, he says, uh, oh, it's like, what happened to you? He's like, I grazed the side of my left nut with this stupid bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm not sure. I would like to think that that was a, um outtake that was left in. You'd think so. I'd, 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 um, I'd like to think that, rather than it got written in. I'd like to think it was just a funny moment that happened that it, they left well, in. Well, this is the same script that also has Please Don't Be Dead in it. So. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, so they find a head in a box that's Rob's head. It's been but, delivered to yeah, them. They know it's Rob's head, but it's had all the skin mounted off it. It's practically a skull. There's a note, isn't there? And there's a note as well. But note they say it's Rob before looking at the note. Oh, um, the note gives us some whereabouts to meet Ian and Stephen. And uh, then we see Ian and Stephen waiting by the car, looking like a bunch of gangsters, don't they? Yeah, and we get our first awkward close-up of Ian. There's a few throughout the film. Yeah. But where the, the camera's like very close to his face uh-huh. while he's staring off into the distance. And we get it from a few angles, and it goes on for about three minutes. Yeah. It's the first of a few of those. This goes on for fucking ages does, yeah. them driving to meet them too and just seeing ian close up it i i don't know and steve's like perched on a car bonnet yeah as well. like i don't know why this needs to last this long <laughs> um, up it's only an hour and 17 minutes 
Yeah, I think 17 minutes were was them standing by this car. Yeah, felt like it. Um, so the car's coming up and they shoot the car. They shoot Billy Ray and the boys. Um, the car overturns for some yeah. reason. Um, they get out and there's another warehouse shootout with more jumping. There is. More action style sequences with uh, guns being reloaded and jumping and shooting and cool action stuff like the Matrix. So at this point, we, we realise that Ian and Steve can't be killed, particularly by bullets, because we've, ste- we've seen Steve go through that before. Yeah. Um, and again, Steve asks the question that the audience are asking. Oh, no, Ian asks. Ian asks. Ian asks the question that the audience are asking is, why are we having a shootout? <laughs> so what do we need these guns for? <laughs> and Stephen says, because it's fun. <laughs> Again, I'm glad it's fun for someone. It's like it's seriously like they made a to do list of stuff they wanted in the film. <laughs> so they're like, okay, so we want one woman going down on another woman. Check. We want a shootout. <laughs> check. We want uh, we want a head in a box. Check. <laughs> we want a car to overturn. Check. Cool. Let's try and piece these together and make, make a plot. <laughs> well, Stephen gets shot and acts like it's hurting him, even though we know he can get shot and survive. Uh, Ian bites one of the guys and sits next to a canister, like a, a gas, gas canister. canister. One of the uh, stoners shoots this canister, which only sets Ian on fire and doesn't explode for some reason. I want to be set on fire. Check. Yeah. He gets set on fire, and uh, then they kill the other guys. It, it's never really clear what happens. It just cuts to the next scene, where Stephen's having a fire um, to celebrate killing them. I don't He's just sat by a fire, and a vampire pops up out of nowhere, and she's like, Angel. I'm, Angel vampire stops, pops up out of nowhere, and she's like, I'm so disappointed in you. You can't go around doing stuff like that, and then disappears. Yeah. <laughs> She says, "Ah, Steve says to Steve, uh, he's no good to them if he's in pieces. Yeah. No repeat of today's activities. And then you hear this like, boop, and she disappears. But I don't get it. They're meant to be immortal, but yeah. he's going to end up in pieces from a shootout. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she just goes, disappears. We hear a werewolf howl. And then we see uh, a scene taken from Rosemary's Baby. We do, yeah. <laughs> uh, where the oh. devil is raping one of the angels. And that's the... Oh, oh well, let's get a, 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 a devil, like a demon, like raping, <laughs> raping uh, a woman. Check. Let's get that in there. <laughs> Who the fuck thought this was okay to release? This doesn't make any sense. No. Like, so we get these blurry shots of a naked lady. She's kind of being fondled, isn't she, by the demon? Yeah. And he seemingly goes down on her, you know. And that's intercut with a dancing naked lady with wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the same devil confronts Stephen and tells him that he's this name that I can't pronounce. Yeah, I didn't and, even try uh, to write it down. I think they just put a load of random letters together. Probably. And tells him he's the minion of the Dark Realms and he has an offer for him. Yeah. And Stephen's like, is it an offer I can't refuse? He's like, well, I mean, you can refuse it if you want. Um, but anyway. Uh, and then... he does, He's like, well, you can refuse it if you yeah. want. And he says that Steve's uh, <laughs> skills have been wasted working for the Angels. Yeah. They only did one thing. He didn't even working for the Angels. How is he working for the Angels? All they did was kill the priests so they it's could true. eat. And then got their own personal revenge yeah. on Billy Ray and the boys. Well, we get a very long conversation about souls and angels. Uh, yeah. So angels wanted the earth from God for themselves. <laughs> and they, uh, they're they taking vengeance on the humans who were given earth. And they weren't given earth. Yeah. So this is enough to convince Stephen. He wants to join the house of Satan. And uh, he has to kill one of the angels. So the devil can feed on uh, on them. And then he can unify with them. But the problem is that the devil would do it himself, but demons and angels live in different spectral planes. 
and they cannot see each other. Whereas Steve, because he was bitten by one of the angels, uh, can bring the two together. So he, so the demon wants the blood of an angel via Steve, so that he can do something to defeat the angels. Okay, come on, guys. Was this really necessary? <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why does this need to be in there? You're making a $6,000 budget film. You clearly just want it for blood and sex. Why? Why did this 10-minute dialogue-heavy scene need to be in there about souls and angels and devils and shit? Because it's trying to drag a plot out of something that doesn't really have a plot. I mean, if it was just a straight-up revenge film, the film would be over with. Because Billy Ray and the boys are dead. Yeah. So they have to bring in this demon angel thing, fight or whatever, and just to make up the time. And obviously we need a long convoluted story around it to make up the time because it's much cheaper to have two people having a long-winded conversation than it is to have another shootout or another death scene. (laughs) So... Yeah, so the devil shoves rods in um, <laughs> Stephen's face. So, yeah. He has green stuff coming out of his mouth. So he seals the deal by shoving something phallic down Steve's throat. Mm. And in his eyes. Yeah, and then uh, Steve coughs up blood and green shit and, and grows fangs, yeah. finally. Finally has some fangs. Uh, Ian's having a look at his laser disc collection. No. How do we get to this thing? What are the, what's the cutscene in what's between? The cutscene? It's a squirrel in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a shot of a squirrel in a tree, then the sun, and then a grave, and then we're with Ian. And what's what's Ian doing? He's looking at his laser disc collection. He owns uh, In the Mouth of Madness, great film. Uh, the Howling, another great film. I didn't anymore. It looked like a Japanese Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, it could have been. Potentially. He's got a good collection there. Yeah, he's half lit. Yeah, of course. So, uh, literally one side of his face is lit. He's only admiring his collection. Doesn't want to put any of them on because then they had to pay copyright. I think they're just trying to show off, weren't they? Yeah. The Laserdisc collection. So, he goes for a nap. Did you ever have Laserdiscs? I never. No. Remember when we saw someone, we thought it was vinyl and then he brought it. We did, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, we thought it was something like, oh my god, he's got some amazing soundtracks here. And we're like, uh, didn't he say to us, he said, have you got a laser disc? Oh, no, he said, have you got a player? This is at a Horicon. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, oh have, you got a, have you got a player for it? And I thought, and I thought it was vinyl. Like, yeah, yeah, I've got, yeah, we've got a record player. And uh, oh, obviously I didn't say record, so yeah, we've got a player. And we were there, like, browsing through and like, oh shit, these are laser discs. These look like laser idiots now. Discs. So we're just like, thank you. These are wow well cheap. These are like two pound fifty each. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> we're just like, thank you, and then carried on. <laughs> Didn't want to have to admit that we uh, don't know laser disc. Don't player. know. Well, I do. You know what? I probably hadn't physically seen a laser disc I until I, that point. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a laser disc player. That's oh, I think once in school they played a laser disc of Schindler's List. Oh wow! Yeah. So um, he goes for a nap. And uh, one of the vampires, oh, no, one of the stoners from earlier, was it Billy Ray? Mm-hmm. No, no, it wasn't Billy Ray at first because Billy Ray attacks Ian and we don't see that. But one of the stoners with a beard, uh, he is now a vampire and uh, he's got awful sound effects on his voice for some reason. Whenever he talks, it echoes for about a second and then it just cuts off completely. Stop, stop. So we <laughs> When when the characters in this film are true vampires, because it happens to Steve later on, suddenly their voice echoes. Yeah. But this dude, his voice echoes until the shot cuts away from him. And it's very <laughs> abrupt because it's just sudden. It's just like echo. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. And it happens... Throughout the entire scene when he's talking. And it goes oh, on for a while. God, it's so annoying. And uh, so he decides to attack Stephen. He jumps at him and screams at him. Stephen screams back at him and pulls his head apart. Scene just ends abruptly. Yeah. And uh, then we find out Ian, he's all bruised and battered. And he's been beaten up by Billy Ray. Yeah. Don't know what happened there. Yeah, so apparently uh, some of the lads went to beat up Steve. 
And the other lads went to beat up Ian. And then uh, he's told by Terry that, you absolute fool, you bit him after you shot him. Yeah. How did they get that wrong? Yeah, because Terry saves Ian in the end. Yeah. So the whole idea... So... Don't know what happens to Billy Ray. This is what I'm grasping, is that... Uh, the Steve getting all those that bits from the demon has made him stronger than he was before mm-hmm. because he didn't think that he could defeat the ain't kill an angel mm-hmm. until the demon gave him his extra special powers. So Steve can save himself from the the vampires, whereas Ian needed the angel and uh, not Angeline the other one Terry, mm-hmm. Tezza, to save him. So Tezza saves him from the vampires. Uh-huh. Well, Stephen's about to get stronger because the devil then tells him to eat a baby. And his hands in this doll, um, which you meant to think is a real baby. <laughs> and again, this is just so stupid. This is just there for shock value. And whatever you, whatever edgy thing you're trying to go for, it's so dumb. So he eats the baby and uh, Ian goes for a daylight <laughs> walk. I want to see a baby eaten. Check. Yeah. Ian goes for a daylight stroll to some metal. He does, yeah, some train tracks. He goes for a run, and he finds a corpse on a tree. And he says, Stephen, 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 Stephen. <laughs> he does. Another echo, for some reason. That abruptly stops. Um, and well, before that, he's uh, when he's on the train tracks, he, we get another awkward close-up of him for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. This time he's sniffing the air. Yes. Um, yeah. And is it Angeline is uh, alone uh, in the house? Yeah, so this I don't get. We cut to Angeline, the angel. The angels are fuming because the humans have inherited Earth and they haven't inherited <laughs> Earth. Where's Angeline? She's in her house <laughs> on Earth. On her own. I assumed Angeline would have lived. In the blue lit clouds. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm assuming that's where the other angels live. Where it's constantly blue lit. Casually on her own. Well, you would be fuming, wouldn't it? If you were constantly had a big, bright, fucking blue light in your face, <laughs> you would be fuming. Well, she's on her own and she hears, Angel, Angel. And that's Stephen, because oh. now he's got the echo. And uh, he throws her into the bathroom. Yeah, she's like, oh shit. Well, how does. How does she know why he's there? Yeah, so she, she throws her into the bathroom, mm. uh, crushes her chest, and there's a big blood splat, of course. But <laughs> this doesn't just crush her chest. He starts at the stomach. Yeah, and, and makes then it sort of works. So it's like he's given CPR to each part <laughs> of her abdomen. So she, he starts at the stomach, but each time there's a crunch <laughs> of bone. Um, and she reacts exactly the same to each crunch. <laughs> Um, and each crunch sounds exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, and he's working his way up until seemingly she's splattered and there's a big splat across mm-hmm. the wall. The angels find her and they're, they're fucking absolutely fuming. Uh, Ian confronts Stephen and tells him that he doesn't think he understands the consequences of his actions. Yeah, so when Ian was talking to uh, Terry... He said, oh, I haven't seen Stephen in four days since the shootout. But now Ian's there and apparently Ian knows what's been going on. Yeah. And is Ian the good guy? Apparently. Because he's with the angels. But the angels hate humans. And it's the angels that brought all this on. They, they basically sacrificed Stephen Ian. But suddenly, Steve's the bad guy and Ian's the good guy. And we're on the angel's side? Mm. Yeah, I don't know who we're meant to be rooting for. No. But uh, Ian, he's not happy with Stephen at all. And they have a fight. But this fight looks like their heads are just floating. <laughs> That's all it looks... You can see they're trying to do the Lost Boys yeah. thing. Yeah. Where, they, where they're flying and having a fight. We're meant to think they're flying. But we just see their heads bobbing up and down. It is so... So dark, and it's meant to look like they're flying, but essentially all that's happening is that the, only their faces are lit, and there's fog as well. Mm. So the fog's going, 
So the frogs like brushing past their faces as their only their faces are lit. The rest is uh black and this camera's shaking as if it's like they're flying. <laughs> and this happens a fucked tone loads. Yeah, they they have the same they have the same shot and they keep repeating it oh over God. and over again. We keep seeing the same shot, their heads bobbing up and down, screaming at each other. And then they, because uh, they obviously, they're still in that neighbourhood where houses aren't very strong. They fly through this random girl's bedroom, <laughs> move, they chuck her out of the way, um, <laughs> and they continue fighting, and uh, then they start flying again. We get the same shot again. Then there's an explosion. Yeah. Another explosion. There's a few explosions. Yeah, this one's a power plant that explodes yeah. for some reason. I think they had, like, a uh, toy... Like power plant, yeah, they must have. So, like, mate, I've got a toy power plant. Or it's news footage of uh, a power plant. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it looked really fake. <laughs> it may have been actually news footage. It did look really fake though. Yeah, um, it probably is a toy. Yeah, yeah, but they're having this shitty fight and such. Metal's I- playing. Ian's uh, complexion is very inconsistent throughout <laughs> the whole thing. Sometimes he looks grey, sometimes he looks normal, sometimes yeah. he looks white. Um, very inconsistent. <laughs> uh, and after the explosions, Ian stabs Stephen with a sword and yes. uh, tells him he's become an abomination. He does, yeah. Stephen, now at this point, I thought Stephen was speaking in another language. Oh no, he's not speaking in another language. His voice effects are so bad that it doesn't sound like any language I've ever heard. No. You can't understand what he's saying. No it's just idea. echo constantly. And he looks like uh, a deadite. It, yeah. They're going for the deadite look, aren't they, from Evil Dead? Yeah. He, he reveals that he's got um, Terry tied up in a wardrobe. and <laughs> a, Terry, Terry, the all-powerful angel, yeah. is tied up with a bit of rope <laughs> in the wardrobe. Yeah, just a little bit of rope. Um, Stephen's still fucking going on about God knows what. With his echo. Don't you realise it will destroy me if you kill her, Ian says. Yeah. Which, which is a new rule that wasn't introduced earlier in the film. Yeah. And so he has a piss <laughs> out of his mouth and onto Steve. He does, yeah. But, but it's very blatantly they've like put a hose right yeah. next to the side of his mouth. And like, the, uh, the angel stabs Stephen in the head with the sword. The devil stabs her somehow. And then there's a big light explosion. Um, and then Terry dies, which means Ian dies, and, and this is the only bit where I could say, do you know what, you did a good job. The special effects in this scene were not awful. Mm. We got some good stop motion of uh, Ian just melting or whatever was happening. Yeah, very, very evil dead. Very evil dead. Very evil dead. And I'm going to hand it over to you now, Chris. Please explain what happens after this. Okay, so... Um... Well, it finishes, this scene finishes with Terry saying, looks like my time is up and I'm sorry to say you're coming with me. So Ian melts and and all that. And you think, okay, that's the end of the film. Yeah. Everybody's died, Mm -hmm. you know. We go to the two blue lit angels, the two remaining angels. Uh They're blue lit. And uh, one of them says to the other, we'll just have to try something new. So what we get (laughs) is a series of events which is them trying something new to get their revenge on earth and to overtake earth seemingly that's what we should get what we do get (laughs) but to let you know is the two ladies in the woods in their underwear one lies on the ground as the other slices a tree with a samurai sword (laughs) And they both bathe in the trickles of water from it. Hey, but you're missing some out. One of them gets fouled up by the branches of this tree. Does it? Yeah, Does like she? the leaves on the branches start going over her body. But you can see them going down by themselves, like evil dead. Oh, okay. I just thought that was the wind taking control. Okay. <laughs> then we get a naked lady writhing around on some feathers, like the wings of a, a, a an angel. Then we get a close-up of a possum in a tree. <laughs> or what I believe to be a possum. I do think it is a possum. But we get a close-up of a possum in a tree that looks like he's watching the naked lady, 
writhing around on the floor. <laughs> then we get some sort of zombie rising from the earth. He then goes down on the naked lady <laughs> and starts spurting spunky, watery looking stuff. He is ejaculating from out his, his face. face. It's now raining blood. We get close-ups of random toys and a hosepipe tap. <laughs> and we're on the hosepipe tap for a very long time as it's raining blood for some reason. <laughs> we then get a bloody leaf. And then we get fresh metal over the credits. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. He was definitely ejaculated from his face. So what was their plan? <laughs> I think, I know you said I over-exaggerate a lot, but that has to be the most confusing five minutes in cinema history. I don't know what was happening. What was the plot? A zombie apocalypse? Is that what they were doing? I don't even know. I don't even know they knew themselves. Why were they cutting a tree that started leaking? Yeah. And that somehow brought someone back to life who spunked out of his mouth, and then that made it rain blood. I... Okay, again, he, they had that checklist. They must have had a checklist. Okay, we need a possum yeah. in the film. Well, we want a zombie. <laughs> yeah. And we want Rain and Blood. Yeah, because Slayer. Yeah, we want Rain and Blood. And you will want a possum in there. Oh, <laughs> look, it's like, mate, I got some footage of a possum a few weeks back. How how can we get this into the film? We need to make this up to an hour and 17 minutes. <laughs> Uh, well, what's the possum doing? He's in a tree. He's in a tree looking down. Okay. Uh, we'll get a naked lady on the ground and it'll make it look like the possum is having a good old time watching this naked lady writhing about on the floor. Brilliant. We need to show ejaculation, but we can't show it coming from a dick because we won't get it released. Yeah. Uh, oh, let's do it coming from his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get some jizz in there. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So that's at dawn they sleep. <laughs> Spoiler alert, at dawn they don't sleep. At dawn they really don't sleep. They don't. Um, <laughs> I mean, what can you say? I think, okay, it's not a great, it's not a good film. It makes very little sense. It's very incoherent. It's very inconsistent with its acting. Um, it's iffy in its views of women. Um, it's, you know, there's quite a few homophobic slurs in it as well. Completely unnecessary homophobic slurs. But you can tell it's been made by people who have a love for the genre. Who have, you know, like we are, who would sit there and think, you know, I got $6,000. These are my favourite films. Yeah. Can I take anything from these films and make a cool picture? You know, I love horror films, I love naked ladies, and I love heavy metal music. How can I bring my three loves together in one for (laughs) $6,000? Now, (laughs) this ain't even close to a good film. No. But it has some heart in there. It does. You can see that they're genre fans and, you know, the, it's not a dry film, at least. Yeah. At, at least if you're going to go balls to the wall, then I want some good gore. Um, if, if I was a straight guy, I would have appreciated the nudity throughout the film. You know? Yeah. Credit where it's due, it's just... I don't know. And it's laughable. I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it again. It is laughable. It is laughable. You, you, there, there's fun it's, to it's, be found with it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it, it's what... It's a trash to piece, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. And that's what we're here for. So you did your job by not doing your job. Congratulations. Mm. So... I, I think if it was a bigger budgeted film and turned out... And if that was the plot... <laughs> just on a bigger budget, then it'd be like, okay, you fucked up, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you are like, uh, <laughs> no, you got it all wrong. But <laughs> if you're only on $6,000, you yeah, know. V- and, very ambitious. And very you know, ambitious. the majority of that's going to be on getting the naked ladies involved. It is true. So. So that's at dawn, they sleep. 
Um, I mean, if you've seen this film by any chance, let us know. Um, thanks, Xander, for the recommendation, uh, as always. So, next week, we have a very special double feature for you. Um, of course, over the years, Ed and Lorraine Warren have had many, many paranormal cases famous to the world. And as you know, big budget films have been made about them in the Conjuring franchise. We are not talking about those films. Oh, no. We are talking about their rip-off films. We have a double feature of American Conjuring and Mandy the Doll next week for you. And Chris is so excited to sit through these films. Now, these are the kind of films I'm talking about that, from what I've seen, they look like they're boring as fuck. (laughs) And they're, they're made from a cash grab point of view rather than a film like At Dawn They Sleep, which comes from a love of the genre. Yeah. These look like, okay, we've seen these two films make good amounts of money. Let's make a real cheap shit rip off <laughs> and hope that someone's grandma gets confused in the, in the uh, DVD store and accidentally picks this up. Yeah. <clears throat> or, you know, somebody's pissed after a night out on Netflix or whatever the streaming <laughs> service is and accidentally puts this on. Amazon Prime? Fucking hell. Amazon Prime has the best shit on there. Like, I mean, well, Amazon Prime has some, like, really random stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, I knew show ideas would be on there. Like, <laughs> but anyway, that's next week. Yes. So in the meantime, talk to us on social media, Horacle Trash on Twitter, Horacle Trash over on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, we're still working on Spotify, uh, but in the meantime, if you're on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe, like, follow, and everything else. I'm Delight Gaz ninety two on Letterboxd, uh, Gazmo two o five on Instagram, Gas Cruise ninety two on Twitter. I am Chris Barker 823 on Letterboxd, Instagram and Twitter. And we'll see you same time, same place next week. Bye.